we're gonna hit you with the bars real quick Hey, quarantine life, but my flow's still sick If I had a mate, I'd have a make you lemonade And I don't need to get laid, so don't be afraid Girl, I get paid, but I'm in pain Kinda like Wayne, first name Bruce Where the hell's I made with a goddamn juice? Every day's the same, deja vu Bring in the wine, yeah, bring in the zan Pump up my songs, yeah, let's do a dance You the kind of girl that made me cancel my plans You the only girl I let a pay for only fans Another episode, guys. Another episode. Um, I don't know what number it is because I still have two other podcasts that I've pre-recorded and need to edit and upload. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. I am busy though. It's cool. I'm, I'm not complaining. Busy is better than bored. I'm happy to get this work. And today we've got another person who I haven't met, but is a comic. Um. He's from the San Jose area. I think his name is Adron. Adron Duel. Duel. Sounds like Duel with a W, but it's spelled D-U-E-L-L. Mm. So I've got some coffee. I've got my water. Just woke up. It's fucking 8.13 in the morning. And we're going to do this. We're going to shoot this. We're going we're gonna to learn something today. The goal is to learn something today. So let's give this man a call. Right, should be answering because we were just on with him earlier. This coffee's good. I'm kind of in a fasted state. It's been about mm, ten, nine or ten hours since I last ate. But now we got this coffee with the how much sugar's in this? Wow, these got these have some protein. Looking at an old picture of myself, and I was fucking yacked. Mm. Hey, there he is. How's it going? Can you hear me? We can't hear you on this side unless you're not saying anything. Ah, shit. It was just working. We gave him a test call earlier. But now we don't hear nothing. Mr. Adron, are you here? Are you present? Maybe we'd have to uh, give you a call back. Audio call join. What the hell? This is him. Are you there, sir? Headphones not connected or something? Maybe I gotta give him a call back. I'm gonna give you a call back. I don't know if you can hear me. Message me if you can hear me. I'll be right back. I'm gonna give you another call. All right. Hey, week. <sighs> got some animals. Got some. Um... I woke up with a throbbing boner, dude, and I just oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. There we go. Yeah. I don't know what happened. That's funny. <laughs> had a test <laughs> one and it was working, and then you come in. Could you hear me the first time? Uh, not at first, and then like out of nowhere, I could hear you, huh. and, but you couldn't hear me. It was so weird. Oh, that's weird. I don't know. This podcast is haunted. I don't know. Thanks for reaching out, man. Thanks for yeah, reaching out to do this. You are. Um, 
I've been busy. I've been having a lot of people. I've been having a lot of fun, interesting conversations. And before I got on, I kind of just made the goal right now. I was like, let's with this. However long I'm talking to you, my goal is to learn something. Like I'm, I'm hoping that you could just teach me something. That, and, and I mean, maybe I could <laughs> share something with you. But I want to. When I turn this podcast off, I want to. I want to change my life. I want. <laughs> I want something that I'm gonna learn. And it sticks with me forever. I think that's what this show is about at this point. I don't know. I mean, that's a coincidence because I had the exact same goal. I want to learn something today. <laughs> I want to get a new experience. Fuck yeah. I want my life to be changed. Yeah. All right? <laughs> what, what, man, I got so many questions, dude. Like, how, First of all, how old are you? I'm like 28. Oh, dude, me too. My birthday's uh, in two weeks, and today's October first. Oh. So yeah. Happy birthday! Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, you lived in San Jose most most of your whole life. Yeah, uh, up until I was like eighteen, and a little bit after college, I lived in like San Jose, um, like uh, South uh, San Jose for hmm. yeah most of my childhood life, and uh, yeah, I lived. It was like I lived in Maryland, then we moved to San Jose when I was like four, lived there most of my life, and then just kind of bounced around California after that, and somehow ended up in L.A. Oh. Yeah. You, 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 said you, you? you said you lived in Maryland until you were four? Yeah. My, uh, my dad got like a new job and lived there for a while, and then my mom didn't like being away from her family, so we all moved back to San Jose. Oh. And I just, I was just confused the entire fucking time. I, I like I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. Um Yeah, they when I was a when I was a kid, I like I cuz I joined a preschool, no, a kindergarten like right in the middle of the year and everyone was like trying to analyze me and asking like why is he so shy around like other kids why can't he do things maybe he had literally someone thought i had autism because yeah. <laughs> i wasn't interacting with anyone and my dad's like at any point did you think it's because he just moved across the country yeah fucking assholes <laughs> <laughs> oh man i've been to maryland not the biggest fan and i know a guy yeah. i've got an internet buddy who's from there and uh Streets is tough, dude. I I was watching him on his uh Snapchat. He and he pulled a big ass fucking rat off the ground, like by the tail, and and Fuck. was just it was like as big as a fucking cat, like it was nothing. And like the other day, I was over here screaming and hollering because a little mouse the size of like my palm was wandering around my house. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes like, you know, I, I, I go outside and I see, um, you know, rats scurry out of like bushes and shit. And I'm like, Oh shit, a rat. And then like my buddy calls me from like New York or something and just shows me a picture of a rat, like the size of his fist. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. And the, and then the rent is still 3000 a month out there. Right. Well, you gotta make room for the rat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got. I think they got a documentary on Netflix about rats. It's like serious problem, in New York, and it was like I saw a video yesterday actually of I guess the subway in New York is just like flooding or leaking, and people were trying to say like the infrastructure is like everything's all wrong, shit's fucked up over there. Um, 
I don't know what like I always tell people I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast but it's like when you go to anywhere in the world or a different state in the country you always kind of have like your first impression the moment you hop out the the airport once you leave that airport or once you get off the plane and even in you're in the airport the only place which and it was like New York. There's like one time for like two weeks I was in like the East Coast, but I, I went to uh, New York airport. And the, the first thing that came to my mind when I left the, the airport was like, holy shit, what is that smell? Like it, is just, it just smells so bad. And I guess everybody's nose blind to it. But that was the thing that, that caught me off guard. But every time I come back, like Oakland or San Francisco, the – um. The um, the weather is just so refreshing. Like I never go somewhere and think I could I could move out of here. You know I could go somewhere uh-huh. else. Hold on one second. There's distractions. I gotta get this dog out of here. Hold on. Get out. Go. Fucking dog. Get out of here. Go. You're not part of this podcast. All right. <laughs> um. Well, what about you? Like, I mean, would you would you ever leave California? Do you have any other states in mind? Um, I. I'm not sure really like for a bit I uh was thinking of like either moving to New York or like maybe I so I have a I have a few friends in Europe and they asked me when I first moved out here they asked me like do you like doing do you like Shakespeare do you like doing that shit I'm like yeah I like performing Shakespeare and stuff it's fun um and they they said like you should apply to uh, the globe in London, you should apply to like be a fellow there or something. Cause they're always looking for American actors. I'm like, what? I, which I, I, I never, I never ended up doing. Cause like shortly after that, the pandemic happened, but like, I, I was like, it was such an interesting thing. And I'm like, why is that? And they're like, it's a small Island dude. We don't got that many actors. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, I never, it, it's hard because like the only big places to move as far as like comedy, acting, like all that stuff is like LA and New York are the, always the two big ones. Yeah. And then um, every time I talk to someone about like, well, maybe I should do Chicago and they're like, do you enjoy improv? I'm like, I'm okay with it. And then they're like, don't go to Chicago then. Like, unless you, unless you love improv and the improv scene, unless you're like, um, uh, what, fuck, I can't, I can't remember his name. What do you mean Uh, by Tim Robinson? Like, what exactly is, I don't know who Tim Robinson is, sorry. But like, what exactly is improv? Like, when I think of improv, I think of literally improv, like off the top of your head kind of stuff. Are you still talking about like comedy or are you just like in general? Comedy improv. Yeah. So what's an example in the Bay Area of, like, comedy improv? I think Bay Area, I think, is, like, they do a lot of, like, comedy sports. I don't know if you've uh, seen that stuff or anything. Comedy sports? Um, Yeah. I've seen some shot Um, caller shit. That's the latest that I've seen. (laughs) It's close to sports. I don't know. Um, Yeah, that was the thing my, my friend did for a while. Um where it was like, I mean, there's also other stuff. There's like, uh, end game improv and like all out comedy theater, stuff like that. Mm. Um, but like in, and my friend did comedy sports since he was a kid. 
And that that's more like um, you have an improv group and they do um, games or scenes, but they're split into two. So it's like, um, so it's like whoever does the better scene uh, gets uh, more points and whoever wins gets like set of whatever uh, team of the night or something like that. Um, my, my friend did it for a while and he really enjoyed it. Um, and I remember like when I was watching it and since then I've done like groundlings improv classes, which is like groundlings and UCB is where like SNL tends to recruit from kind of thing. Mm. But like, I remember watching him doing like improv on stage and like everyone's doing their show. And I was thinking like, I really don't like sharing the stage when it comes to comedy. Yeah. Um, I'm a very selfish prick in that way. <laughs> Are we all? I, I, right? I'm just like, no, but listen to me because I right. got some funny shit. Right. Um, um, so that, so my friend was like, yeah, Chicago's like, stand-up seems good, but like it's known for like it's improv classes like IO and um, uh, Second City um, for all that kind of shit. Like, Mike Myers came from there. And if you, uh, if you ever watched, I think you should leave. Um, Tim Robinson like came from there and he's like known for his very bombastic characters and weird ass sketches. Uh, I think you should leave it on Netflix, I think, but yeah, it's, it's like that, but I'm like, that's not like, I don't, I don't personally, I'm not that passionate about improv that I'm like, I want to do that for the rest of my life. I'm more passionate about like comedy and acting than that stuff. So for now, like it's either LA or fight some rats in New York. That's probably <laughs> my only two. <laughs> it seems like with that being said, it seems like improv isn't much of a, um, career but i mean i feel like all of this shit a lot of people if i was like a parent or something i (laughs) i wouldn't consider any of it a career but realistically it you don't like like you said mike myers he's not just an improv guy i think it's more of a tool to kind of help you in your craft so it's like if you want to be an actor maybe it'll it'll help you if you just went Mm -hmm. hardcore into improv and maybe got respected in that scene or whatever network but it's a tool I can't really think yeah. of anybody who's like a fucking black belt at improv and that's all they do. It seems like that's something yeah. you need to do everywhere. I feel like that that should definitely help with comedy. Um, I <laughs> feel like maybe, I mean, I haven't done it. I've only done improv in like high school and stuff. Um, and I, I like it. Um, but same with you. I don't, I don't think I'm like passionate about it. Maybe you have a little bit more cause you're, you're, you seem a little more invested in it. But I do see it as a tool. It seems fun. It seems yeah. fun. But um, I think, yeah. Uh, no, I think what, what, oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I think what improv did for me was like it helped me one like quickly find um, the joke of whatever was happening. So it quickly helped me find like what people find funny about a particular. In, in an improv scene, it's the bit of the scene, like the joke of the scene. But yeah. in comedy, for me, it's more like when I'm especially doing an open mic or a show, when I see what people are laughing at, I'm quicker to find, oh, they're laughing at this 
and mm. I need to start joking more about this. And then uh, for other things like Groundlings, when I took it, it helped find like characters. So whenever I do act outs on stage, I can like quicker find a character because one of my improv coaches, he, he also does stand up. He basically said like, you have my type of humor where it's like, you like creating people who don't understand they're being ridiculous, yeah, which yeah. is funny. <laughs> exactly. Homeless which is people. funny, but it's like, all those <laughs> yes oh my god um but he he um he, he mentioned like but once in a while the audience has to like be let in on the joke and you have to show them like am i am i being stupid am i being ridiculous is this weird and then go right back to them being like ah, no no i'm not um it and it's, it, it helped me a lot. Like it's, it's for me, it helped like with comedy and acting classes, but it's the best way for me to like get notes on my comedy without like going to an open mic and just having a heckler yell at me. Um, yeah. I feel like the, the improv can help with dealing with the heckler too. That's what I was going towards. Like, I, well, mm, that that's your take on it, which is valid. Everything's valid. But yeah. for me, I feel like I think it would it would really just help with like the crowd work and obviously like the the improv aspect of uh doing a show or an open mic like maybe on the way over there you you of course you have an idea of what you want to say in your head but then when you show up and you notice some things like oh there's a fucking dog here or something and you want to riff on whatever's going on in the environment so, so like observational style and mm-hmm. improv could really help with that. Um, did you did you go to college in in uh, San Jose? Are you a Spartan? Am I a Spartan? No, uh, I'm not. Uh, I went to college in Orange County, oh, okay. um, and I'm I'm dealing with that student debt now. Um, <laughs> when did you graduate? Uh, I graduated with a theater degree back in 2013. I think no, 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 2018. 2017, 2017. <laughs> okay. I, graduated high school. I was going to say I was not an 18 year old college graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was not that smart. Improv um, the shit out of that college, bro. <laughs> uh, how do you get A's on all these exams? <laughs> I just fucking guessed, man. I, I read the room. I'm really good at crowd work. Just, just get up on like a table in the middle of like a final. Be like, so who's got the answers? <laughs> Dude, oh man! One time I took a summer, uh, a summer class for college. Uh, I was really bad at math, and um, yeah. I had to. I think like high school equivalents, basically, basically like algebra two, and I think I cheated the fuck out of it because the dude was like, no notes for the test and I pull out a whole notebook full of notes and he just didn't do anything. <laughs> and so oh my God. I, I finished the test. I finished pretty early too. And I just, I fucking hated it. It was summer school. I'm, I think how old was I? I'm like 18 and I just didn't want to be there. And when I finally finished, I think I got like a B or something. Like I, I did pretty well. Well, obviously cause I cheated and I just remember like leaving the classroom and just being, just like, whoa, just making the biggest fucking scene in the hallway. I think I twerked on the hallway and my buddy was in the class and 
like I was like, so how'd it go when I left? And he was just all like, a teacher just was like, well, somebody's happy, and everybody was all laughing and shit. And I always, I guess I was a little bit of a class clown. I I did want to say something when you first mentioned that you moved uh, here and everybody thought you were autistic. There was one point in my life uh, the teacher thought I was autistic as well. But I remember when I first moved, uh, I've always lived in the Bay Area. I was born in Hayward, but I've like moved around. So there's like, um, I was like in the San Leandro, Oakland area till I was like eight. And then I moved like East Bay, like Antioch. And I, um, I think, yeah, third grade and I was new. And I, so I didn't know anyone. And, and I just, I just remember just laying on the, on the grass, like, like face down. Like I really was just like socially impaired. Like I just didn't know how to make friends. And I remember, I'm pretty sure it was like that same year, like somewhere around elementary school. I obviously, I like, for me, I mean, <laughs> I like girls. I've always like known in my head from the moment I started popping boners that I like girls. Like I've always known that I was straight, but I like I didn't know how to get girls to like me or whatever. So I remember I'm pretty sure like right when I moved and nobody knew me, I thought it'd be a great idea to pretend I was gay because I thought if I pretended I was gay, maybe girls would be less intimidated to try and be like friends with me and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work. It did. I don't think it worked. <laughs> um, oh, man. But circling I, back. I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> My oh, no, no, no. Go, go ahead, finish. Uh, what were you gonna no, say? I wasn't going to finish. That's all I wanted to say, but I felt oh. like that there, we're kind of stuck us at a dead end. So I was going to, like, circle back to, like, adult shit or whatever. But oh, yeah, my God. it was just my t No, it, I mean, like, when I, was, when I was a kid, I remember my, um... I remember being a kid and there was like, so like, uh, I was, I was bullied a lot as a kid. Um, and one joke people did like to play once in a while, it wasn't all the time, but it was, it happened enough for me to remember is because I was like very overweight and very socially awkward. The joke was like, Hey, ask him on a date and see if he says yes. Um, What a great joke. I know it's top tier pranking. Oh man, and so that's fucked up, man. I know, and so when I was in like fifth grade, and this was even in middle school too, I think there was like uh, there was this one girl who genuinely was interested in like hanging out with me more, mm-hmm. but I I was so like used to the joke to the prank that I'm like. No, fuck you, get out, like, I'm not, (laughs) and it it hit the point where she was so persistent that my friend joked I was gay, and so she believed that, and I've never seen a fifth grader be more depressed in their life. Damn. Yeah, and I was talking to my friend, I'm like, do we go too far? Do we, is this? Did you not like her, did you not like her back, though? I, I think not I was care. just, I was so, I, I don't know if I liked her back or not, but I, I was just so like in my own head about people not liking me that I just, the the idea of it, like, it's like, no, it can't be. She's, she's doing a joke. She's doing a bit. <laughs> she's um, doing a bit. <laughs> That's such a comic yeah. thing to say. She's doing a bit. 
<laughs> her leg are too big. Dude. <laughs> oh, it, she's doing crowd work. Right <laughs> <on my> back. <laughs> I see the mic in your backpack, bitch. Don't lie to me. All right. Um. Dude. Um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned New York and LA and the, a big place. And I just mentioned it with this other comic who was on the show a couple days ago. Um, and I always hear comics around the scene always talk about this place. And there are other people who have moved here or moved there. Austin, Texas. What do you, oh my God. <laughs> so I went over there about a year ago and it just, you saying it, they're doing a bit reminds me of something like real quick. Um, yeah. We went over to the world famous Creek in the Cave, and um, I think we hit an open mic there. And then we go to like so the thing about the Creek in the Cave, there's their green room. It's just like it's right by the bathroom. So there's the bathrooms, and then there's a door, and it's just like an outdoor patio with. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there like an outdoor stage? Probably not. It's just like this big Creek in the Cave like banner and we were being such tourists like taking pictures of it and shit and there's like another bar and like all the comics who were like doing the open mic were fucking back there my my buddy has a story actually about chris D'Elia. you know who that is oh yeah so chris D'Elia was at the creek in the cave and this is like <clears throat> a couple of months maybe a year after he got like quote-unquote canceled and came back and so he did a set or whatever dropped in at the creek in the cave and he was at this green room that I was talking about. And he was my friend. He doesn't really know him that well, but he like told me he, because he knew that I was a fan. And he, he was like, your boy Chris is here. And he was like, oh shit, really? So I asked him about it. And he's like, dude, he just spent the whole time in the green room just like freaking out about how he's still canceled. And he just seemed really stressed about it. <laughs> um, but so no, when, when we were there, I brought my girl and she was hella drunk and just like she was like heckling she was um what was she doing she she was um so like the comedians that we liked she was just so drunk and like went up to some of the comedians and was like crying about like you need more recognition you guys don't get the credit you deserve oh and you guys are fantastic you guys are all funny i need to let you know you're all funny and this this comedian just with the blankest face is just staring at her like are you doing a bit <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, oh my shit god. Oh, uh, so, but yeah, would you ever move out there? I hear people just always talking about like that's the place to be, and I mean, with my experience when I went out there, that place is just full of a bunch of people from different parts of the world in the comedy scene that are like, oh, I gotta go there. It just it's it's too much. It's too much, man. If you like comedy, if you're really about that life, if you're fucking improv black belt life, go ahead, get out, go out there, but. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to get good pizza. I'm sorry oh for, if you God. hear this noise. It's going to stop. You. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all good. It's just, it's my I, uh, cat litter. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know. No worries, dude. Um, my cat, my cat's, oh, she was being an asshole. Now she's asleep. Um, <laughs> I think she was just hungry. Um, no, my, my, I was about to, I'm glad you brought that up because it's like, like, I'm, I'm sure, you know, people that, 
love Austin, love Austin, and like good for them, more power to them. But it's like one one thing that I know for a fact I would miss, and this is like from my friends who like have lived in Austin their whole life. One thing I would miss moving um, is like having a fucking walkable city. Um, <laughs> like, like you know the the area I'm in right now in LA, like. Oh, you're in I, LA. I, I, I'm sorry, I missed that. I thought you're in San Jose oh, no, still. Oh no no no! Sorry. Um, am I am I off the podcast now? Am I just? Oh, you're 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 on the podcast. No, you're you're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I, I, no. I, I, the I, last I, guy we do you know what Jan, uh do you know what Joe Bando? I don't know if you know him. Joe, but yeah, I've heard Joe Bando. Yeah. Yeah. So I just had him on, and he's from Orange County. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you thought it was a Bay Area exclusive podcast only? <laughs> that was. Don't let them know. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. Um, okay, but yeah, so I'm in, I'm in LA right now, and like, um, you know, the, the fucking grocery store, if I want to go there, I just walk across the street to like grab my, it's not the best, like, walkable city, like, it's not New York, but, um, it's decent in terms of like, I don't have to drive literally everywhere, um, or like, I can get an Uber and it's not too far away kind of thing, um, and like, even even in the Bay Area, like my area of San Jose, I was like, I, I'm from. It was weird. I'm like kind of from a suburb, but like the city was within a block of where I lived, kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I lived kind of right outside of um, Los Gatos, um, and it it was like, which is like where Orange County moms go when they can't afford Orange County, like. Um, I, don't know, I know you say you've never been out there. Los Gatos is a weird fucking place. Um, very nice, but very weird. Um, but like in Austin, and I, <clears throat> I've been to Texas. I've been to like various places in the South and even um, other more rural parts of like California and stuff. And it's like, it's super spread out. It's super like... Um, isolating in terms of just like how car focused and how you are so far away from anyone and it's it's always asking for a fucking DUI because you have to drive everywhere and you're gonna get drunk because there's nothing else to do there <laughs> and I, I like I don't know I personally can live in that type of environment because it's it's just not my like if I wanted to move back to a suburb, I would move back in with my parents kind of thing. Um, cause at least San Jose has good weather. Like, um, that, that's, that's me personally. Like, but like, obviously more power to it. If people want to move to Austin for whatever reason, uh, for comedy, for rents, even though apparently Austin's rents is increasing right now. Yeah. It's um, increasing. Cause the, population's increasing there it's yeah i don't know well from my experience it just didn't it didn't seem that great i don't know sometimes i feel like i have like some kind of stockholm syndrome with the bay or something like that it's just like nothing's gonna deter me i was like no this is home or whatever um i I wanted to ask you i wrote this down uh just thinking about it um so i'm pretty sure i met you through bacon right yeah so and, and and this whole time I thought you were in the in the bay, and there, it seems obviously it seems like there's like other people from different places. So what do you think about bacon 
in in like LA because I feel like it's been a pretty great tool for me to just meet yeah. people and and kind of just get the inside scoop with the open mic scene, comedy scene in general, underground mm-hmm. scene, if you want to call it that. It's like yeah. I'm assuming if somebody like you and Joe Bando are part of it, maybe of course you, you're former Bay Area residents and you have like ties to it a little bit, but you're still like a part of it even down. Is there something like that on uh, like in the LA scene or does it seem a little bit more do it yourself? I'd say it's definitely more do it yourself. It's like, it's so much, um, you know, go to a, go to a club or a bookers Instagram, follow them, go to one of their shows, network with them, and then get on. Um, if you're lucky and if you have a killer set, whereas like they can, I, I definitely feel it's more, um, it, it definitely feels more like a community where it's like, hey, I'm looking for uh, guest spots. I'm looking for these people. I'm looking for something, something, um, you know, and it's, it's it feels, because like, a, you know, right now I'm like, I'm non um LA comedy scene, underground LA comedy scene, like all these like Facebook things. Mm. And it's 90% of it is either like club auditions or um, um, people advertising their shows. Like that's most of what's happening. Got it. Um, or like open mics kind of thing. And, ha- um, and how long have you been doing uh, stand up? Since. I, I started doing stand-up when I was maybe shortly after I graduated college. I started doing stand-up in the Bay, and um, I, I can't remember the coffee shop, but I started doing open mics at this coffee shop in San Jose um, and realized I wanted to do it more. And then when I uh, – so fun fact, after shortly after I moved um, out of L.A., I um, – Shortly after I graduated college, I had uh, jaw surgery, mm. which is why I moved back home. Um, so after that stuff, I moved to L.A. And so I've just been bouncing back and forth between L.A. and uh, the Bay Area in terms of stand-up. Um, and it's I, – I will say, like, Bay Area, even though my – do you know Andrea Meyer? That sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen that name on on Bacon or yeah. something. She so like yeah, she's been doing stand up for a hot minute and like the Bay and just moved to L A. and I was I, she talks she talked a bit about it where she's like for her um, for her the Bay Area comedy scene just got like for her it, it felt like a bit too um, what's the word like crowded. Like yeah, oversaturated, kind of like Austin. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so she had to move to LA because LA, even if it's there's a lot of comics, it feels so sectioned off. Um, or it's like, like I, I literally have had friends. Um, I've talked to them where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing a set in Pasadena, and they're like, oh fuck that, because pass because like in terms of like that th- that is a it's bit very like divided. you know living in. San Jose and then saying like, Oh, I have a show in Oakland and they're like, Oh fuck that. I'm not going there. Like Wow. <laughs> um Um That that's kind of like what where they're at, which is like fine. But yeah, it's bacon does feel much more like 
to me like much more like a community oriented whereas like all the la facebook comedy pages are like yo i have a show come to it and if you're really good at networking maybe you'll get a spot off of coming to my show kind of thing um yeah it feels very isolating in that way Hmm. yeah that's good it's scoop like I, I always wonder like what what it's like in other places like chicago arizona even vegas because mm-hmm. i always just there's people that come from other places that are like hey i'm from washington my family died i'm trying to look for a set I'm gonna be out here for the next couple of months or something um you never see that on bacon people are always just like i've got something going on which makes me move to the bay for a little bit if anybody's got spots let me know um, I've, I've seen that. I've just never seen like, you know, Hey, uh, you know, my cat died. fucking died. So yeah, I need to have a spot. Just a little improv, just a little improv for the podcast. I love it. it was. I love it. <laughs> uh, so you, yeah. So you've been doing it maybe around close to six years, huh? And I'm sure Almost, pandemic um, yep. kind of messed it up. I, um, do you know Derek the destroyer? Yeah. He's the only guy from San Jose that kind of like sticks out to me. Who's like from there who really, mm-hmm. um, and he was telling me that he's like kicked out of certain places. He's kicked out of like, uh, Santa Cruz. And, and <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> I always tell people that I'd be at the blue lagoon doing the open mic. And it's like, yeah, man, my, my, my man, DNA shout out to Derek, the destroyer. Dude. Have you ever done the blue lagoon in Santa Cruz? I haven't. No. Oh my God. <laughs> I haven't, but that's that is so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Have you um have you gotten to do what do they have in San Jose? It's the improv, right? That's is that the big club there? That's the big one. Um okay. have you ever got to recent, do it? I've never gotten to do the improv. I have uh, I, I remember talking to like a bucking guy there and he's like, uh, try out one of our mics and we might book you kind of thing. And I've never been in San Jose long enough for me to like be able to fit that in. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I know, I know San I know like the Bay area and I know like SF is probably better. If I just like manned up and just drove there, I could probably do more stuff. Um, SF or Oakland, that kind of thing. Um, but it's at least from what I hear, it seems like San Jose is at least. I think it's top three. I think it. I think the places to be is San Francisco, Oakland, and then San Jose. I'd probably tie Oakland and San Jose. I always hear something about this this caravan place. Um, some I think the Braham Lounge is that what it is? Uh, That guy. I don't know if you know Jimmy Mendez. I think is that his last name, Jimmy Mendez. Um, he does shows there. So it seems like there, yeah. I'm just, there's, I guess there's mics there, but I, I don't really have an invested time to go out there for that. But I'm just waiting for somebody to hit me up. And if you, it's like, Hey, come to something, I'll do it. But yeah. I, like they have mics at the improv. Like I, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. If you know or not, like, is it like a bucket pool kind of shit? Like, is there kind of yeah, no guarantee? I don't like that shit, man. I mean, I fucking hate bucket mics, man. Yeah. If I'm in the area, okay, but I don't want to, you know, like they had something. Do you know, are you familiar with like Sacramento? 
in the yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had like Laughs Unlimited, and they have something I think it's called like the Pro Am, which is basically the open mic, but it's like an open mic that you got to sign up for, and it's like. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, if I'm in the area, okay, oh, maybe I'll make some time to do it. But I'm not going to, like, go out there and just kind of, like, possibly, I mean, I'll do it for Kill Tony. But it's, like, different. It's a mic. (laughs) It's an open mic. And all I could think is, um, hold on, I don't want to lose it. It, It's, okay, the only place that I think does a good job at it, and it's still still kind of like, uh, I'm I'm more of a, I kind of like a first come, first serve kind of thing. Or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Alameda, the Alameda Comedy Club. They, you sign up online, and then they give you like a day yeah. until they like pick whoever they want to pick. And th- I like that, so that way I don't have to like you know drive and literally waste my day just because this this place wants to have like an audience member, even though the audience member is like not even a civilian; it's a comedian. It just seems kind of like yeah. I don't know. I guess it's fair because it's a bucket pool, so it makes it non-biased that yeah. you make the the list and stuff. But just for like times timescape, I'd rather have it be biased. Just yeah. pick someone, man. And then what if I don't know? I know. But no, I I totally agree. They put you on the list. It's weird, like, and I don't want to yeah. talk bad about these places. It's just an opinion. Um, yeah. and and I respect anybody who runs a club. I could barely run a fucking open mic, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> So I get it. Like you need to put asses in the seats, but sometimes it's just because I'm because you've been doing it for some time now. Do you ever just sometimes try to? And I feel like it could help anyone who's trying to be a comedian, like, or if you've been in the game for a while. I feel like it helps to just kind of like take off your comedy shoes and try to put yourselves in the in the shoes of a civilian, like somebody who's not interested in doing stand up, but who's interested in going to a show. Because never in my life have I been like, let's go to the open mic. Let's see. Let's go see. You know, it's always like, no, yeah. this big person's in town who I've seen on my fucking phone. Let's buy tickets for that. It's never crossed my mind. Like, oh, yeah, let's see these fucking people try to be funny. Unless yeah. I wanted it. But that's my, my that's how my brain is wired, which is why there's obviously some things off because I'm a comedian, you know. <laughs> so, I, it's it's such a it's such a weird thing because I I do I sometimes it's like people I know there are people that just do comedy show go to comedy shows because they're like especially like if it's a if it's a bigger club like um, in L A like in the Valley there's um, the Valley's like um, just for context is like North Hollywood and you have to drive over a hill to get there um, but there's like uh, three big ones, I think, are like Haha's and um, Flappers. I guess Comedy Chateau, but I, I have my own opinions on that club, but I'm not gonna get into it. But like, I've, I've, I've been like on a date, let's say, in the Arts District, and the person I was with is like, I want to go see a stand-up show, and we just like booked the thing at like Haha's, bought a ticket, and just we saw whoever we were gonna see, kind of thing, and so I. I know there's there's always that, and if I'm doing a show at a club like that, or like another club I did is the Hollywood Comedy, where it's like um, people either go there because you know they see a ticket, they see an event right link, and they're like, well, I want to try going there, 
or it's their another comics friend, or it's um, someone that's there to see the club owner, Zhao Ying, because she's like pretty popular now and she has her own podcast and shit. I know her. Um, yeah, you know her? Okay, yeah. Somebody referenced um, me to her and just, she's blown up. She's only done comedy for like two years. She's like, okay, have yeah. you? do you see her? Like, have you seen her in person and stuff? Yeah, I, I saw I, – I first met her when she first opened her club back in, like, 2019. Does she come from and money or something? Like, in a way, it seems like she's, like, buying her way into comedy. I don't know. What so, so it's it's funny. Um, so, like, I remember – and, like, I'm not I, – I don't know what her personal life was like, so I sure. won't – obviously, I won't get into that. Sure. But um, I, I remember she – she like opened up her club and I saw her work on her material, like at the club while she was running it. Um, and it was like, it was kind of interesting, like just seeing her like really work on that material because it was a lot of just, at first it was just monologuing and figuring out what she wanted to work on Mm -hmm. and what was funny. And then like slowly getting more and more developed over time, which is interesting to see that progression. And then, um, COVID hit, uh, and all I know is that the husband she married was like pretty wealthy. Mm. I don't know if she came from money, but I think, that plus the club um like kind of helped plus like i I assume she you would be writing that club as a loss on your taxes Mm. um during the pandemic because (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) um and so but eventually she she like kept the club open and then was able to um launch it again and she built an online following i think that's something that also helped her a lot um was she built an online following through tiktok and instagram and shit like that yep you gotta do that you You gotta gotta. unless you're really fucking good like okay this is and i'm not gonna name no names i'm sorry if i cut you off but it's like no worries there's some people that are they they're so against the whole internet thing like they have an ego but i feel like most comedians are like you got to be special like just because you like everybody's on the internet though like it's a it's bigger than that it's a big competition then there's just some guy that's like uh-uh no there's something different between i'm not a tiktok guy i'm not an instagram guy you got to see me in person i it's it's different and per- it's really funny in person but i feel like some people can be like Man, if you're not funny on the internet, then you're probably not funny in person either, and you're just oblivious to it. And I just feel like, um, fuck, fuck, I lost it. What was I getting at? Like, I forgot. Something. I just got fired up about people who are so against it in old school, and it's just like you just you just can't adapt. I don't know. It it does get frustrating when I see people like, well, I don't do Instagram, I don't do TikTok or blah blah blah, and I'm like, bro, how do you market your shows? It's not even about marketing. It I, to me, I just think sometimes it's it's a form of comedy. It's like, how could you? That too, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I respect it. Like I respect people who do stand up, but and and I feel like your opinion would be different because you're you seem a little bit more. 
involved or immersed in that world of like improv and stage like you said you love mm. doing shakespeare and was it shakespeare yeah. you love doing that yeah, kind of stuff me personally i respect i respect the shit out of it it's hard as fuck i think stage acting's harder than camera acting because you can't yell cut in front of an audience <laughs> but i don't i still don't like it like i just i would yeah. never and it, they don't seem to get the credit that's due so i just you just got to respect it but i don't yeah. I don't know. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around like, dude, how do you like stand up, but you're not going to make a TikTok? Like both of them are kind of corny in itself. You drove a fucking yeah. hour to go out in front of strangers to, at a bar that people probably didn't even know you were there. And you say you love that mm-hmm. shit, but you don't want to like put a hashtag, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's, it's so, it's so wild that like, cause yeah, even like taking aside, like, you know, you're not even posting it after a show. It's also like you, a lot of, some of the best jokes um, that like consistently kill, I like actually worked on through TikTok, even though like my TikTok following kind of stagnated. It like, I I did, uh, there's like this one joke I have about like dating someone who's bisexual and like, the the biggest the biggest uh thing about dating a bisexual woman is that it's not constant three ways it's just a woman threatening to become a lesbian every time you fold the laundry wrong (laughs) um and it's like that that got i i want to say like 60k something like that like it did decently and so i'm like maybe this is easy to translate to like stage this is just a joke right i told um and so I did, and it like pretty, works pretty consistent. Like I did a show in um, fucking Honolulu, and it was it was okay. The set I did was okay, um, but like people legit came up to me after the show and was like saying, "I love that bit. That's so fucking funny. I related so much to that." Like a lot of bi people it, in Honolulu, huh? I know. Hey, man, <laughs> if you're if you're looking to get some, um. And I, I remember I did, um, God. and I think the, the thing, the, the thing with TikTok is that's interesting is like, if you know the audience you want to go after, that can really help you making more specific jokes towards that audience. Um, cause it's like, I had no idea what I was doing when I started my TikTok, but I realized I developed kind of like a more nerdy niche um that like is also into like dirty humor or whatever the fuck but like i developed a more nerdy niche and i'm just like maybe that's kind of what i need to focus on um but i also did roy uh roy battle roast battle recently and that also made me realize like i kind of maybe need to pull back a bit and make like comedy that's more broad appealing because exactly like you said if i don't know the comic and i'm going to a club i don't want super niche humor that applies to like five people i just want to fucking laugh right um and so you know that's the stuff i'm like trying to like i have what is it i i have one thing joke about like being from san jose where it's like uh, I'm from San Jose, the world's biggest small town. Um, <laughs> there's like nothing to do. Uh, and 
that 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 always does like okay and shit but like i i have i talk so much shit about like the winchester house and like how that's the only fucking interesting thing in that whole city um but it's 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 one of those things of like once again i have to make it even broader than that a bit so i've i've gone to like making fun of myself and shit like that or yeah some people have never been to san jose you know yeah, exactly. Exactly. Most people haven't been to San Jose, uh, nor should they. Because it's a bucket pool for the improv. That's why people don't want to go out there. It's true. <laughs> Actually, if you want to be, if you want to own a house and um, or like rent an apartment in San Jose, you actually have to show up to the improv, and they do a bucket. Um, <laughs> Are you doing a bit? If I can, dude, I want to circle back to the internet shit. I actually. I'm against TikTok, even though, like, personally, with everything wow. I said, I, yeah, I don't, I get it that, like, uh, like you said, 60K on a thing, and I don't know, maybe it's just, because I do, I do have a TikTok account, I do have, um like, some content, maybe, like, less than 10, 15 posts, but it's, like, throughout the years, but it's crazy, I remember TikTok started being a thing before the pandemic, and I just kind of like refuse to be a part of it. And I'm just like stubborn, just like how a comic doesn't want to have an Instagram. Like it's not, but it's not about the internet. It's just about that platform in general. I feel like there's just a lot of like bots. There's a lot, man, I downloaded TikTok and the first thing it recommended to me was some big titty bitch breastfeeding, you know? And I like, how do you know this? How do you know that's what I want to see? And it's just like, there's just... I don't know, man. I open that shit up, and there's some, there's some weird content, and there there's some things that just, I don't know. It it, it and it's from China, not to be racist. I'm like twenty percent Chinese, so and I was about to call Jiang Sun. It's like, yeah, the Chinese are like the Jews of Asians, you know. The there's fucking Chinatowns everywhere. They 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 be on that real estate, man. But um, be on it. It's, I don't know. With the whole TikTok thing, it just seems. Like it, it's not as rewarding as it is addicting, and how it could like do the the like me- mental toll on you. Because I know, I know a comic, I, and I feel like I'm not. Even if I say this, people might know who it is, and I'm cool with them. I, they're they're a friend, but they're like I didn't. I treated them like a regular open micer or whatever, and then just like out of nowhere, I realized they're like TikTok famous, and I'm just like. Oh shit! And it really did kind of like spark in my head a little bit. Like, oh man, this, this sticks out. And I swear to God, and I and I don't like it. I'm just being honest. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they're and they're an okay comic. They're about as good as you would think with somebody who's been doing it like less than a year, I guess. But they just have that like factor. It's almost like being TikTok famous or something has. It's like a yeah. blue check mark in real life, and people are like, "Ooh, this person might be able to bring a crowd or." As business-wise. So I had them on my show. Damn, I'm really, like, saying who they are. I just don't want it to, like, come off as negative. I'm just being – and I would love to have this person on, actually, to talk about it. But anyways, um, I – so, like I said, I had an open mic for a little bit, and and it would flip-flop. I think it was, like, 70 to 80% of the time an open mic, and then the other 30% to 20 was was like, an actual showcase for book people, pay people. And I remember talking to um, the person who owns the venue and they're like, 
they like have a person hired to do TikTok for them and shit. They've got like 20,000 followers on Instagram or whatever. And I remember this like ego kind of came out. I was like talking to them on the phone and, and I was like, yeah, I know you guys are popular. You guys have got like 10,000 at the time. I was like, you guys have like 10,000 followers on Instagram. I don't know why I brought that up, but I brought it up. And then she like was like 10,000. We have 17,000, like correcting me. I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> you know, my, oh yeah, 17, okay, my bad. <laughs> Excuse me. And it just kind of like maybe like, people are just so into numbers and they care. And so I told them, I was like, yeah, I have this one comic. They're like TikTok famous. And they're like, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. I'm like, are you looking for famous people? Or are you looking for funny people, man? Like, holy shit. But it's like, I guess it's like if they're famous, like, oh, they got to have a reason to. And so I asked this person who's like TikTok famous. I was like, how many... Like, how long have you been doing comedy? And they're like, this is my, I've done about 40 mics. And I was like, okay, like that, that's fine. Like I, you could, there's most, there's some people that could only do 40 mics and they've, they're funny as shit. They're new and they're funny, but for the most part, and I seen it, I, I saw something go down on bacon. I thought they were like making fun of me or something. Cause I was, you know, asking for people to be on the podcast and then, but it worked. I got people like you to be on and stuff. And I saw like another post. I think it was like that Sammy Obiad guy, the Indian guy. He was all like, "I'm doing a podcast. I'm um, like a newer comic." And everybody in the comments is like, "How dare you start a podcast? Like, what do you? You need to get up on stage and you need to hit at least a thousand mic slash shows before you even think about saying a word on the podcast." I'm like, "The fuck are you talking about, bro? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah I." It, it it's it is weird that like so on on the one hand I, I the podcast thing sorry just the podcast thing is like I I get it like everyone and their mom has a podcast but it's like if someone's inviting people to do podcasts for like up and coming comics in area that's not that's not a bad thing that's yeah. it's actually a pretty nice thing to do because it gives both people a bit of notoriety. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, on to what you said too, it's like, I, I talked to, I have a friend, um, who books a lot, who books a lot of shows and does a lot of shows as well. Um, and I was talking to him about like, you know, booking comics with like numbers and stuff. And he's like, really the only people who like, there, there are three big examples of like people whose TikTok following translated to real life audience numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor and Wallace. Like, <laughs> Trevor Wallace, exactly. Uh, Zhao Ying, and um, I can't remember his name. The fucking the the ripped dude that had the shirtless uh, comedy poster. Um, Bert Kreischer. Bert Kreischer, I think that's his name. Yeah, it's like. Those are the those are the few big ones, but everyone's like kind of uh, not considering the fact that like they might be exceptions to the rule. Because I also know people that have like a hundred k, a hundred fifty k on TikTok, and that doesn't always translate to audience numbers. Maybe they get a few people because TikTok is an international platform. Right. And like, you can see who's following you by state or by country and stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, if maybe, uh, 
maybe like a quarter of your followings in California, how much of that is actually in the Bay Area? How much of yeah. that is in LA? How many of them have Who's work? Going to... yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Who's going to legitimately drive out to see you? Um, and so it's like, you gotta, you gotta do fucking big numbers if you're really thinking about um, watching that person. If you're really thinking about translating that following, um, cause it's, yeah, it's it, like you said, it's like, it's not gonna, it, it, then things like what you mentioned happen where it's like, and introducing so-and-so and you know, no one knows who they are because they have 20 K on TikTok, but that 20 K translates to five people in fucking San Francisco. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I think it, no, I yeah. completely get it. I think two things. Uh, Bill Burr said something about it. I think he, I think he said that on Joe Rogan's podcast. He was like, "Look, you just need like a thousand people in every city or like every county to like you, and then if you have that, then you can go on tour. You might not sell out, but you could be successful if you get at least a thousand people, like all in every state, to like know you or something like that. And you could do something. But other than that, dude, I think what you mentioned, it's it's kind of like an economics thing." You know, I think I somebody just sent me an article that they're trying to raise a minimum wage to $20 for freaking McDonald's employees. And now gas is fucking up to like six something out here. And it's like, it's the same thing with numbers. I mentioned this to a buddy earlier, but not on this podcast. Like for me, I feel like a goal, like let's just pretend a, an imaginary number. Realistically, I think my goal is to just get like a thousand followers if I could ever do that. But I feel like at the rate that I'm going and how the social credit score economics works, the rate that I'm going, by the time I get 100,000 followers, 100,000 followers is like nothing. And now it's all the people who already had 100,000 when you were starting are at like 10 million. You know, Jayong Summers is already at fucking 2 million by the time I reach my 100,000, you know? And so it's just like, it's just a numbers game. So that's what it goes to your point of like, you know, yeah, you could go to a show at San Francisco and the comic who goes up has 20 K on TikTok, and you have no idea. So that's what, what I'm kind of saying. Like, I feel like it just, people get too consumed into that shit. So sometimes I'd rather just kind of be like, I'd rather just not, if it happens, it happens. I don't want to be so like hungry for it and an idea. I wouldn't know because I'm not like famous like that if i feel like if i were to be internet famous i wouldn't really want to do stand-up as much i'd be like dude look at look i got 60k off of talking about bisexuals in my bedroom like i, I want to be an at-home comedian and then maybe yeah. you would just hit an open mic or maybe you get your name pulled from the improv and then you take a picture and just make it feel like oh look guys i'm i had a good time with everybody at the improv and people from fucking india wouldn't even know that it was a bucket bowl and be like man yeah he's you know it's just fake it till you make it kind of shit <laughs> it absolutely it absolutely is fake it till you make it like yeah. like knowing i i met um oh god i was like at a party and i met uh kirk fox um and he I was like talking to him because um, he, the, how I remember him is how I first met him ever was I was at the improv and like, um, I was the improv lab, I think. And like, it was right when the uh, vaccines started rolling out and people were coming out 
and it was their first mic back and someone i legit saw someone pull my name and then they saw kirk fox and then said and up next is kirk fox and he oh, like comes wow. up wow that's, that's yeah and like obviously that's not his fault like yeah. it's it just is what it is kind of thing but um i remember talking to him at like a party um sometime after and it was it was that thing of I, when I talked to him, he just said, like, he, he felt very, um, he was literally just, like, focused on his kid the entire party. It was very, like, cute how down-to-earth he was. Hmm. Um, and I was talking to him, just like, yeah, how does it feel, like, you know, being where you're at? He's like, you know, I'm just, I'm just kind of grateful. And, you know, I got a good family. I have fun neighbors. And... I got a good career. Uh, you watch Reservation Dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Kurt Fox, by the way? Is he a comedian or um, something? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, he's a comedian. He's um, mostly in uh, L.A. Um, okay. But he, uh, if you ever watched uh, Reservation Dogs um, or Jury Duty, who's in that too, mm. and uh, Parks and Rec. Okay. Um, I know Parks and Rec. Yeah, did you ever- yeah, and Community, I think, as well. Did you ever watch um, Jury Duty, that show on Prime? No, that doesn't even ring a bell. When you said that, I started thinking uh, of Judge Judy. Oh, no, no, no. Um, Jury Duty is like, th- this is another weird one where it's like, it- it's a show where everything is scripted except for the main character has no idea it's a show. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's all hidden camera. Um and it, it was uh it's like some truman show uh, shit huh it basically is and like um james marston's also in it he plays himself like like an exaggerated version uh, james marston's in like x-men and sonic and shit like that and he he um he plays himself in like an exaggerated version but the fun the what was kind of weird about this show and people talking about like was this show ethical was the fact that the guy who played the lead, the guy who didn't know what was going on for like months after he was still paranoid that he was being filmed. Mm. Oh, wow. And he was like, <laughs> and he was like calling other people, like friends he made on the show. It's like, Hey, am I still being filmed right now? And they, they had to like reassure him that like, no, 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 you, it's, it's done. It's over. You got your money. Like it's all done. It's kind of scary. You need to breathe. It is, and it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things of, like, it got some kind of cult popularity. Um, obviously not, like, massive, but, like, it did well enough. But people were saying, like, I really hope this doesn't, like, necessarily continue on a trend because, yeah, this... Because I also studied psych in college, and this feels like one of those super unethical psychology experiments that, like, they did in the 30s of, like, what if... What if we put, like, there's a psychology experiment that is actually how we learned um, how we associate fear uh, with, like, certain sounds or objects. And they did mm. it by taking a baby and make it, by the, it was one of their secretary's babies. This is, like, a psych experiment in, like, the early 20th century. And they, the, the real doctors took their secretary's baby, put him in a room, had him make friends with the bunny. And then after he made friends with the bunny, they would start playing a 
bell sound every time the bunny came in. And after he got associated the bell with the bunny, then every time they hit the bell and the bunny came out, they would just scare the kid by wearing a clown mask and running at him. What the fuck? Um, I know. And eventually, all eventually, whenever the bunny came out, the kid would like run away because he was mm. like so scared. And then they just play the bell, and the kid would get scared of the bell again. They're like, "Great, that was amazing." And then they gave the kid back to the their their mom and just let him be traumatized for the rest of his fucking life. Jesus. Um, and I'm just like, I feel like we're not that far from just watching that live on TV. Um, <laughs> Man. Like, it's, it's, I, I do fear for like people that like, because the, the show seems like they were trying to be ethical with it. But I know some executives at like Netflix or fucking MTV is going to watch that shit and be like, okay, but what if we never told them that it was fake? Yeah. Fucking punked. Times have changed. Times have changed. Like a a show like punked probably wouldn't uh, last in this this climate. I just saw this thing recently, but I guess it happened like five months ago, but it's like resurfaced for because the guy – was innocent or he pled not guilty or whatever um mm-hmm. he shot a youtuber did you see this this happened at like a mall oh yeah and like the yeah, guy yeah. the big guy wearing a backwards hat i don't know what he was playing on his phone but he was just getting up in this dude's grill and he fucking shot him bro and i just think about like man that could have been me 10 years ago because pranking people was a different like people actually liked it yeah. back then but now a days it's like it better be yeah. a good prank and i just think of like it- yeah, it's like when I think of like punked and shit like that, I think about like how yeah. paranoid you must be as a celebrity when that show was at its peak. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't fly. That, that wouldn't fly. That 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 that's that's that is one interesting thing too, because like I remember Ashton Kutcher, he would say like um, when he did punked, he would like talk to the celebrity afterwards, and if the celebrity was really like, I don't want that on he destroyed the tape. Like, he just mm. be like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. But, like, I think that's the issue with, like, some YouTube pranksters. Like, not, not that the guy should have been shot, but it's, like, the, the issue with some YouTube pranksters is they're going to, like, random people that aren't used to being filmed. And then they're just going, like, hey, man, I'm going to do a prank with you. And they're like, bro, are you doing a bit? Fuck off. Yeah. yeah, are you doing a bit? Are you doing a bit? Because I don't want to be out there... People heard, are um, legit doing crimes. People are legit doing yeah. crimes. You know, like they'll steal your fucking car and crash it and be like, it's a prank. It's a prank. <laughs> I, I was like, I remember I saw that when I was a kid on YouTube. When I was a kid on YouTube, I'm like, why, why is this funny? Like, the, the, all you did was crash his car. <laughs> There's no <laughs> joke there anymore. See, you're better than me, dude. And we're the same age. I would have saw that and be like, oh, when I'm older, I want to do that. <laughs> Oh, uh, there was um, there was a thing I saw. Um, this is some time ago, but um, the lady that was in the video apparently was completely misled about what the video was. But she basically like the the video. It's this is an old one, so this is like maybe twenty fourteen or something, twenty thirteen. So it's not recent, but it was like getting hijabi girls to make out with me um 
And it's like, and one of the girls that was in the video uh, did an interview afterwards with a guy, and she's like, so here's what the actual casting call was. They told me we were doing a modeling gig uh-huh. for, um, for like, a new type of brand, like, for, like, a type of hijab or whatever. And they said, like, they want people who, like, don't normally wear it so we can get their experience kind of thing. Um, and then maybe like a sketch just to like show how comfortable, whatever. She's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And I might be getting some details wrong here, but basically she like came out and then, um, they're like, all right, so are you cool with making out? And she's like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Um, and like, it, it was like really shady how everything went down and shit. And it's like, at first I'm just like, well, you should have just walked out, but like now having, been nothing that bad but having been in like situations where the casting call said one thing and now they're doing something completely different and you're already out here there is that sense of like sunk cost of like well okay if i just do this extra thing then fine um especially when you're like you don't get that much work um right it's it's so weird i did a i did a music video once where um they they had me it was for it was like a trippy road music video and it was 150 150 dollars for the day and like they were they had me at one point doing legitimate stunts they had to do jump off a truck while it was blowing up oh shit um <laughs> would they pay him for that I, they only paid him 150 that's the thing and like looking back, everyone in that team should have just been like, "No, you need to pay us all a bump for doing stunts." Right? People are and just like happy getting... to be here. You know, I haven't yeah. gotten work in months. Trippy, right? Yeah, trippy, right? That's amazing. I'll jump um, out a fucking truck. He's got he's TikTok famous, bro. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> that's the thing. It's just like we just see it as work, but in reality, it's like no, we we all should have been like, no, you need to give us a bump for stunt acting like non-union or not like you need to give us a bump for this because 150 dollars for jumping off a fire truck a flaming truck are you kidding me um we also had to like run away from a tank at one point it was so weird um all for 150 dollars yeah man it's hard to make a living in the entertainment business dude it's uh oh my god it's I mean, you're in uh, L.A., dude. You should know, but... I should. It's. I mean, yeah. With everything that we talk about, I feel like this stuff can be... I mean, anything not in moderation is bad for you, but I just feel like some people get lost in this, in this world, and then they want to make it or whatever, and they spend their whole... It's kind of... It's almost kind of like the same thing as chasing money in a way, because it's like... I don't know. I feel like it, there needs to be more purpose when it comes to that. And I don't know if it's just me being soft or something, but like, of course, making people laugh and, and entertain, it's very important. But sometimes I guess it's just about like what you're doing for yourself. Cause it's a lot, it's a lot of yeah. sacrifice for very little return in a lot of most cases. And some things that keep people going is just that, that that hope of that that big payout or maybe you'll get in some movie or something and you'll be set 
but I, I don't think you should necessarily be chasing that. I think you should just be, and a lot of the people always, a lot of the people who do make it, they always say, you got to enjoy the journey. You know, like where I'm at now, like it's fine. Like I'm cool now. It's boring, but sometimes it's about that, that, that unsureness, that gamble and everything is, um, that's, that's what it's about. And so you could look back and sometimes I kind of think, um, and not to hate on it, uh, it's just a it's just a uh, a prediction or my two cents. Like uh, for example, someone like a Jayong Summers, who's making it big really quick. Mm-hmm. It's kind of well, what? How can you look back on the company? Maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe I'm just tripping. Maybe you can look back and be like, oh man, I remember when I started the club and I was working out my monologues, and here we are, three years later, I'm on crazy rich Asians too, or something. I don't know. And, yeah. Or some I, people might wait too yeah. long. Like, man, I was just thinking about this and this is my negative, um, feelings. Cause I'm not, I'm not perfect. And sometimes I feel like I need to preach what I'm, what I or practice, what I preach. Um, this podcast dude. Okay. So it's like October, right? And I'm kind of thinking about, okay, I'm going to do sober October. I'm going to probably try to not even jack off for fucking all of October and maybe even November. Because if if I end sober October and then it comes to November and I want to do no nut November and if I get fucking blasted, I mean, nothing better than getting blasted and jacking off. So I was like, I'm going to just try to go two months of being clean. So that's what's going, that's what was literally going on with me last night a little bit before midnight. And I was like, I'm gonna just get, I'm gonna get tossed real quick. And, and this is no offense to you. And I don't think you should take any offense. Cause I don't know you, but my mindset yeah. was like, you know what, man, I don't give a fuck. I'm getting fucked up. It's the last day of September. My birthday's in two, this is October. This is my month. And if I have to cancel on this guy, I'm gonna fucking do it. Cause who cares? Like <laughs> my podcast is small. Like, like I'm not missing out on any money or anything. And and I was, um, you know who Brian Holtzman is? Yeah. So, big fan, just kind of started learning about him, to be honest. And he's one of those comics that I feel like deserves more credit. And he's been in the game for for a really long time. Um, and I was watching him do, like, a podcast. And the podcast only had, like, 800 views. and And it was just kind of, like mentally discouraging to me and and i'm trying to just say this out loud like i'm not saying this is right i'm trying to work this out like it was like mentally discouraged like man even brian holtzman's just like and it was a hilarious podcast like it see that's where it goes into it's not about the numbers it's not about the money it's just what i truly find funny or other people and so i i'm hollering at this thing but it was still kind of in my head like man this guy's just not getting the credit he deserves and here I am. I've got my schedule with this podcast and stuff. And I was just like, I don't, who gives a shit? Like, I'm not going to do it. And back to what we were saying earlier, you're like, everybody and their mom has a podcast. And I feel like I do kind of struggle a little bit with like uh, it, it discouraging me and making me not motivated yeah. to want to do it. But kind of like, I'm, I'm sure you probably haven't listened to any of my episodes, but kind of the 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 shtick here is that I'm a do this for the rest of my life like no matter how bad it gets I just I'm still gonna do it and right now I just feel like I'm in this phase of like being a podcaster's like looked down upon uh, like people are like 
like it's like a turnoff. Like I don't know if you were to if you were to go on a date with a guy and you realize he has a podcast, you'd be like, oh, what a fucking dork. But it's like you haven't even listened to the podcast. It might be funny as shit. You just kind of associate that everybody thinks they're gonna be fucking. I don't know, Andrew Tate or Logan Paul. It's like, no, dude, I have a personality. Like, it's it's different. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if I was looking for a response to that. I just wanted my out loud thoughts real quick. I, but I have, know, it's, I do have one thing ahead, to say. How much time you got on you, by the way? I don't. I I could go a little longer, but I was just I, we've done about an hour and nineteen minutes. <laughs> Thing. I mean, I got I got an extra like ten fifteen minutes. Okay, uh, I'll say one thing, then I'll shut my mouth and let you say whatever you want for the rest of the time right. being here. Um, by the way, how do you pronounce your name? Is it Adron Duel or Duel? Uh, Adrian Adrian Duel. Duel. See when yeah, I was saying your name Duel. I was like, it's kind of like it's like Duel with a W. But I'm glad I got exactly. it right the first time. Duel. Um, so we were talking about uh, what were we talking about? What were we talking about? Uh. uh Something about shows and stuff, and I was thinking, I don't know how your love life is or whatever, but I've been in a relationship for some time, so I'm I've never had like Tinder, I've never had like one of those online dating apps, or I haven't been on a like a real date like with a stranger in a while. So, what do you think of this idea? And I don't think it's the most unique idea ever. I feel like it's probably been done, but I just want your take on it. I've never said this out loud, like. What if you were to like go on a date with a chick? I don't know if you're into chicks, but if <laughs> you go on a date with a chick and like you go to a comedy show, but little does she know you're like booked for this show. Like what if you're like what if you go to go see I don't know, it could be a big show. It depends on where you're at in your comedy career. Let's go like with you. Uh you seem to be just you know, in the scene, you seem to be, uh, 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 what's it called? A, 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 a seasoned comedian, you know, like you're, you're there, you're, you're, you're a white belt, you're a blue belt. You, you, you know what the fuck going on. It seems like what if like you go on a date and she maybe knows the headliner and you're fortunate enough. You're one of the fucking four opening acts or whatever you get, you do a little five minutes. She has no idea you're a comedian. You're sitting down and then out of nowhere, everybody, uh, bring it up before we bring out the headliner today. I know you guys are all here to see Chris D'Elia, um, but uh, or uh, what's that guy's name that you mentioned, Matt Fox or whatever. I know you guys are all here to see Matt Fox, but uh, before I, this guy's really funny, I want you guys to uh, I want you guys to put your hands together for uh, Adron Duell, and then you just go up, and the chick you're with is like, huh? And then you go up, and I feel like it would be tight as shit if you fucking killed it but how funny would it be yeah. if you bombed too but like even if i don't know uh, so <laughs> you think that's a good idea see, i don't know see bombing would be the funnier outcome yeah. for that um, if she stays like, with you after bombing though that's how you know she might be a keeper that's true that's true <laughs> she's the only one laughing um, <laughs> that's it so like the now well now she's my now she's my wife but like the the when i was dating my wife at first like i was bombing and the only people laughing was like her and like three other people um and that was how i knew i'm just like yep she she thinks uh she at least likes my personality yeah yeah (laughs) um you look so hot when you bomb (laughs) oh my god (laughs) You have children? You want kids? Uh, later. Not 
definitely not now. I, I can't afford kids. Got it. Um, Got it. Yeah. Uh, you? Um, I'm all right. Like, uh, I'm all right with never having kids, but I'm also all right with having a kid like next month. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my thing, I, cause she asked once, like, what's the, what's the ROI? What's the return on investment for having kids? And I'm like, well, no matter how she bad, Chinese, right. It's like, no matter how bad you, um, treat that kid, they're always going to remember you after you die. So mm. like, that's the real thing. I, you could treat them like a piece of shit. They're going to be a story. They tell their kids. And it's like, yeah, yeah. even if I remembered as a piece of shit, at least I remember that's, <laughs> they, that's, they do that's say the there's two times you die. There's the first time you die is when you physically die. The second time you die is the last time somebody ever thinks or says your name or like thinks of you. Yeah. So basically, if you're a bad enough parent or a great parent, it's either or, they're not going to forget you for a while. Yeah, or, or, or you could just make like a TikTok that does stupid numbers and you'll be remembered forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Mr. Dwell. It's, it's been cool talking to you, man. I feel like covered a lot. Okay, and I yeah, seem like a guy I'd want to keep in touch with to give the scoop on. And if I'm ever in the LA area, I'd hit you up, man. It's nice meeting you. Yeah, I feel Likewise, like there's man. still Take a care. lot to talk about. You too, man. You have a great day. Bye. See ya. I, we're done. We're done. Was, I'm gonna give that a five star call rating. All right, guys. It's uh, 9.37. I got to get my day fucking going. So I'll see y'all later, man.